Today on Exposed, the Kalo podcast, just a couple of weeks ago, we lost three brave Americans. And our answer to that atrocity over a week later was nothing but a disgrace. And the border in Texas is getting more secure. It really is. Things are, are happening, but it's not because of Joe Biden. And New York City, they want to give illegals credit cards all at our expense. And illegals are suing to camp on our streets, sleep, and even defecate all at our expense. And finally today, we get to hear from President Trump. And he speaks loudly and clearly on a number of important issues. And stick it out to the end because I got something special for you today. The murder of three brave Americans is not being treated with the severity that it should. Right on your screen right now, you'll be looking at a picture of these three brave Americans. And the lack of respect is unbelievable. The seven sites that have been attacked, okay, supposedly by our troops, um, we hit the proxies of Iran. We know that Iran's the one doing all this. We know they're the ones sponsoring it. We know they're the ones behind it. So we hit seven different targets. Uh, in Iraq, uh, four targets. And in Syria, three targets, something along those lines. But here's what happened. Biden announced what we're going to do way in advance, giving them time to get out of there. So what do we have? Well, it's a farce. And the media is backing up Biden making him look like he's, you know, some super American hero. And nobody was killed. At least nothing's been reported thus far. And of course, if anyone was, it was probably some innocent, you know, standby person, or it could have been an innocent civilian because they didn't get the announcement about when America is going to attack. We attacked these particular outposts and uh, ammunition sites. Uh, but all of these sites were pretty much vacated at the time. The picture you're looking at right now is uh, basically some destruction that was caused on the scene at one of the sites. And as you can see, it's nothing but a building. You can't even see any munitions. You can't see anything. Why? It was probably just nothing but an empty building. <laughs> President Joe Biden said in a statement this, listen, the United States does not seek conflict in the Middle East or anywhere else in the world. But let all those who might seek to do us harm know this. If you harm an American, we will respond. And you know what? I believe them. We will respond. The problem is we're going to respond not in like kind. We're not going to respond with something more severe, which is what we should do. But instead, we're going to respond just so that Biden can get a photo op. Because really, that's what it's all about. Um, some of the top leaders from Iran have been warning us, America, for days that if America strikes and strikes Iran or any of its proxies even, uh, that they are going to respond to us. Well, I think we should take what they say with a grain of salt because I don't think we should be listening to them. The strikes by manned and unmanned aircraft hit more than 85 different targets including command control headquarters. Really? Command? How come we don't have any pictures of some command control headquarters? 
All that were struck were these small little buildings out in the middle of the desert someplace. Rockets, missiles, drones, ammunition storage sites. Nothing has been shown to give us any kind of proof that Biden really went after Iran like he was supposed to. These were all unarmed stations. So the U.S. strikes but stops short of directly attacking Iran or any of its senior leaders. And we did this simply because it's meant to be uh, an attack that the media can use to make Biden look good because, let's face it, the 24 election isn't going well for Biden right now. National Security Council spokesman John Kirby said this, We carefully selected to avoid civilian casualties and based on clear, irrefutable evidence that they were connected to attacks on U.S. personnel in the region. So the sites were carefully selected. You better believe they were. They were carefully selected so that no one else would get hurt. So that our response was nothing more than simply a photo op. He and Obama have given billions of dollars to Iran, and a lot of it in cash. You might remember, you know, the pictures of the, uh, you know, money sitting on the tarmac. And uh, billions of dollars we've given to them just this past year, 2023, and into 2024, we've given Iran billions of dollars in oil. How have we done that? By basically cutting off America's ability to be able to, you know, export oil. So instead, Iran is filling the gap, and they're making money, all at our expense. So this attack was nothing but uh, too little, too late. And we broadcasted in advance to them that we're going to strike, giving them time to relocate. So this is nothing but a war game. Now, here's the proof of what I'm saying. This video, uh, President Donald Trump is going to explain what happened to him. And then we'll talk about this. Here it is. I had Iran in check. Do you know, we hit them very hard for something that they did. And they had to hit back. They feel they have to do that, and I understand that. Do you know they called me to tell me we're going to hit a certain location, but we're not going to hit it? It's going to be outside of the perimeter. Who called you? Iran called me. Iran called me, called for me. And they let us know, and we had 16 missiles went off. I believe it was 16. Uh, six or seven failed in the when, air. When was this? This was prior to the attack on a fort that we had where they hit back. Do you remember when they sent 18 missiles or 16 missiles? Five failed. They let us know, don't move. We're going to have to hit you back. Psychologically, we have to do that because we hit them on something. You remember, they, okay. they sent 16 or 18 missiles, and we knew they weren't going to hit inside the fort. And the media was going, and now I reveal it, the media was going wild because they say it's strange. They're very accurate missiles. How come they all missed? Nobody was killed, if you remember. Yes, With all I of did. those missiles, nobody was killed. Now, they had to do it because they have people and they have to show strength. So they aimed the missiles, but they said, please don't attack us. We're not going to hit you. That was respect. That was respect. You know, the one thing about Trump is he knows how to keep secrets. He knows how to be presidential. This clip proved that, but here's more of what it proved. Iran called Trump during his administration, okay, when at the height of, you know, Iran trying to do all these crazy things. And they said that they, need, they, said that they needed to strike in order to maintain face with their own people. What did Trump do? Well, he allowed him to do it because he knew that they weren't going to strike any targets. So it was respect for our president. It was respect for America. Today, it's turned right around 100% the other way. So what Biden did, and this is just my opinion, 
Biden picked up and called Iran and said, hey, listen, we need to strike back. What happened was bad. We need to strike back, but we're not going to hit any targets, you know, of any significance or any value, but we need to do it. And he gave them a week to be able to move and make sure everyone was out of the way. Iran and Biden hmm, in each other's pocket. Two Iraqi militia officials who spoke on condition of anonymity said that three houses used as headquarters were targeted in Al-Qam, Iraq, including a weapons storage area an operations headquarters of the uh, mobilization forces, and a coalition of Iranian-backed militias uh, that's in uh, Akshrat, Iraq. And what they targeted were weapons that were stored there, and no one was home. So (laughs) Iran officials have spoken loudly about what's going on there. Quote, we will not start a war, but if our country, if a cruel force wants to bully us, the Islamic Republic of Iran will give a strong response, Rasi said. And this is their way of keeping face with their people. So what we have going on right now is a war theater. And it's unfortunate. Americans were killed. Our administration gets frightened by confrontation. And confrontation with Iran is something that they do not want at all costs. Iran-backed militia groups throughout the region. Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin said that this is a dangerous moment in the Middle East. (laughs) Duh, it's a dangerous moment in the Middle East. Of course we know it is. But that's because you're projecting weakness. I, I only wish most Americans would not look at the news, but look at what's going on behind the news. Um. It's dangerous because our president and those in charge in his administration are weak and they're showing weakness to the world. Uh, Lloyd Austin went on to say, quote, here it is. We will take all necessary actions to defend the United States, our interests and our people. And we will respond when we choose, where we choose and how we choose. Wow, that's big talk. (laughs) Yeah, and that's really all it is. Speaking of talk, Governor Abbott did not cave to the pressure from the Biden administration. Isn't that amazing? Biden is silent. Here he puts a line in the sand saying, you know, you you can't, you know, you can't stop us from going in and, you know, we're going to cut the razor wire and all this stuff. But he's all talk and no action. And Governor Abbott knew it. Listen, the the president outlined uh, his two top priorities, which are the top priorities across the United States. Uh, One is to crack down on illegal immigration. And this is more than rhetoric on his part. He has a proven record uh, about what he did when he was president. Remember, when he was president, uh, he implemented four policies that led to the lowest illegal border crossings in 40 years. And Trump will do as he did before. He'll close the border and deport everyone we could find here in the United States. And let me tell you, that's going to be an uprising, right? I mean, a lot of people are going to be complaining about this on the left, especially. But the Biden administration is stuck on their own talking points. The immigration system is broken. The immigration system is broken, which is really nothing more than a lie in order to get more money so that they can implement more programs and hire more government people. Watch this next clip with me, here it is. Most Americans say that they don't 
think you're doing a good job on the border, you and the administration. The number of people trying to cross the U.S. southern border is at an all-time high. It's no secret that we have a broken immigration system. A broken immigration system, she says. Amazing. Watch. Here she is again, one more time. This is, this is classic. There's no question our immigration system is broken. And it needs to be fixed. And as with any problem, then leaders will participate, true leaders, in the solution. So I'm going to take you back to about three years ago. And it was, I think, the day after our inauguration, when we came in, Joe Biden as president and me as vice president, the first bill that we offered was a bill to fix the immigration system. And that's when you controlled both houses. And Congress did not take it up. Did you catch that? And that's when you controlled both houses. In other words, Biden couldn't even get the, the, the border you know, program that he wanted through. He couldn't get a bill to pass on the border because everybody knows it. Even the Democrats know that it's, it's a lie. It's phony. It's not real. The president is commanded to control and take care of the border. So as you can see, they're sticking to their narrative. And the majority of the fake news, just as you just seen right before our very eyes, they're not going to call her out on it. They will refuse to call them out on that. And instead, they're going to allow them to lie to the American people. And this lie will continue. And it, it, will, it will get bigger and louder in front of all Americans from now until election time. Because really, all they want is more money. They want more money for more border agents. But guess what they're not going to do? The border agents. They're not going to protect the border. <laughs> See, they want to hire more border agents so that they can help them process the illegals more quickly. They want up to 5,000 illegals to enter into our borders on a daily basis each and every day. Now, this next clip explains um, how support for Governor Abbott in Texas is growing in leaps and bounds all across the country. Here it is. More than half of the governors are now joined together uh, in support of a very important proposition, and, and that is uh, we are guaranteed by the United States Constitution the right of self-defense uh, if states face imminent harm or invasion. Texas obviously is facing both an imminent harm uh, as well as an invasion. Uh, and so these governors are rallying around Texas to support our ongoing right to self-defense uh, and, and the deployment of this razor wire that has led to uh, a, a massive reduction in inflow. Maria, get this. Uh, the area where we uh, have, have occupied this park in Eagle Pass, Texas, that we put up the razor wire, uh, there used to be 3,000 or 4,000 people crossing that area a day. Uh, for the past three days, we've averaged just three people crossing that area. From 3,000 people a day to just three. <laughs> the, oh, the border's broken. We need, we need immigration reform. Everybody knows it's a lie. Governor Abbott proved it. Proved it. The solidarity that the Republican governors are showing across the nation right now is frightening the left. They are running scared. They hate when we're in unity. Unity frightens the left. I don't know if you know that. Because when good people unite against evil, <laughs> evil runs scared.
Biden is claiming that he needs legislation in order to protect the border. Biden says he needs Congress uh, to give him the power to do whatever he needs to do to secure the border. The fact is, as we all saw from what President Trump did, the president of the United States has the power. I must emphasize this. Uh, there is an obligation, there are laws uh, in the United States uh, that require the president to deny illegal entry of any illegal immigrant. And then if they do get into the United States, he has a legal obligation to detain those illegal immigrants. Joe Biden is failing at both of those duties. And that's exactly what gives Texas the authority uh, to make sure that we can step up and secure our own border and protect our own own state through self-defense. <laughs> I love this guy. Uh, Governor Abbott, boy, he's brave. I thank God for him. Uh, we all know Biden's lying. Um, he has the power to close the border. Governor Abbott, it just, Governor Abbott just did that and proved that it works. So what does Biden really want? Well, he wants more money, more power, and more control. And in order to get that, they're willing to do some of the most outrageous things that we can imagine in order to solidify their own base of crazies. Uh, and they want to go as far as giving illegals credit cards. Let me get your take on what's going on in New York. We understand now New York is going to be spending $53 million uh, to come up with prepaid credit cards for the illegal migrants. Uh, what do you think is behind this? Why do they need prepaid credit cards? Uh, it, it sounds like insanity is behind it because it, it really is, is offensive. It's, it may be the most reprehensible thing that I've seen take place over the past 48 hours when you, when you see police officers in New York City being beaten by illegal immigrants uh, in this country who should not be in the country in the first place. Uh, and then after they engage in this crime against a law enforcement, uh, law enforcement officer, they are let loose back out onto the streets. What's going on in New York is outrageous and Americans across the entire country are angry, not just about what's going on in New York, but the underlying cause for it, which is Joe Biden's open border policy. Insanity is the word, <laughs> he used it, giving money to those who come to this country illegally and then break the laws. I, I mean, beating up a police officer in New York City. Uh, oh, hey, oh, listen, uh, you know, we're sorry. Gee, you had to go through that, you know. So here, let's just give you a credit card. And uh, here, go enjoy yourself. Have a good day. <laughs> no bail, no nothing. We just let them go. Um, we're giving them the ability to trample more on the United States and then we feel bad for them for their inconvenience, so we want to give them some more money. <laughs> and on top of all of this insanity, illegals are suing right now. Yep, you heard it right. They're suing. I, I, I didn't hear much of this. I had to really do some research to find the details on this. But they're suing to camp on American streets. We have all these people who are camping out. San Francisco, L.A., uh, Detroit, Chicago. You, you name it, they're there, all over the Northwest, everywhere, camping on the streets. Um, they feel as if they are owed something. Well, if they're American citizens, I, I think we do owe them something. And I think we can provide some better housing. But now we're doing this for illegal aliens when they cross into our border? I mean, the homeless crisis in America is set to come to a head. It really is. We've got a Supreme Court ruling as early as this spring. They're expecting sometime April, early May. In the case of Johnson versus the city of Grants Pass, Oregon. 
Here's the article. I want you to see it up on the screen. According to Vox News, Vox, V-O-X, the Supreme Court could, depending on what it decides, force changes in the city's ordinances and home policies across the country. The decision is one of the most important decisions that's been anticipated in years that I could think of. San Francisco and other cities facing legal challenges from homeless people, this is going to be an eye-opener, whatever way the Supreme Court decides to go. The challenge comes from three homeless people, um, and they're challenging Oregon, the town of Grants Pass. They say that they cannot use pillows or blankets or court cardboard boxes in order to protect themselves from the elements. Okay, that's what the court case is supposed to be about. Now, myself as a Christian, when I hear that, I go, well, wait a minute. I mean, you know, why can't they have a pillow? You know, why can't they have, you know, this or that? The U.S. Supreme Court of Appeals for the Ninth Circuit blocked Grants Pass from enforcing its ordinance in the absence of shelters. So in other words, they were saying that you can't stop them from having pillows or blankets or cardboard boxes. Uh, unless you're going to provide them with housing. If you're not going to provide them with housing, then you can't stop them. from. Now, that makes sense. Am I right? That's That sounds really good. Okay. So the decision is going to apply across nine Western states. Alaska, Arizona, California, Hawaii, Idaho, Montana, Nevada, Oregon, and Washington. Officials are left with two unappealing choices. Let the sprawling encampments stand or provide immediate emergency housing far beyond what their strained budgets would allow. So now here's my question. Gee, how did three homeless people get a lawyer to sue Grants Pass and have all of these other states join in on the lawsuit? Hmm, I wonder how that happened. Where did all the money come from behind this? <laughs> See, if the Supreme Court upholds the Ninth Court's ruling in Grants Pass, then its decision will maintain a status quo that cities and towns with ordinances against camping out on sidewalks are likely to resent. The situation in many municipalities will deteriorate even further as a steady, growing, homeless population puts ever-increasing strains on municipal services. Now, if the Supreme Court throws out the Ninth Court's decision on Grants Pass, it will free up municipalities to crack down and arrest or ticket homeless people who congregate in public. Hmm. This had me thinking. I wonder what side the Supreme Court is going to come down on. See, when you've got big money, and let me, let me tell you, big money's behind this. There's no way this is just three homeless people, you know, coming up with a lawsuit to sue a government or municipality and then making it to the Supreme Court. It's an impossibility. So really what this is all about, my friends, is very simple. I know you see through it as well as I do. I could tell. Here it is. They're planning a way to be able to make it so that they have to give more federal money to the states in order to create more housing, not just for our citizens who are homeless, which is a bad enough problem, but for the migrants who they're shipping to all of these same cities so that they can create huge places of housing to have blocks of voters in order to change the voting in each of those districts. <laughs> this is what they do. It comes down to money. And speaking about money, 
the Democrats and the Republicans are finally coming together on a new tax bill. <laughs> yeah. it, it passed the House and now it's you know heading to the Senate, which it will be passed. But the problem is bipartisanship seems to only be happening um, when it comes to giving away more money. That's all they want to do. They want to give away more money. It's, it's another incentive program to give people, lazy, good-for-nothing people, my opinion, um, immigrants, of course, free money, and hopefully grab a voter in return. So basically, we're going to offer them more money, free money. Uh, so you and I work all year, we, you know, file our taxes, do what we have to do, make payments for our taxes. These people don't have to work at all, and yet they're going to get money back from the federal government. They didn't even pay any money in, but they're going to get money, free money, from the federal government for basically not working. A bipartisan bill that expands the child tax credit in exchange for the revival of some tax breaks for big business is now headed to the Senate after the House passed the $78 billion deal negotiated by House Ways and Means Chair Jason Smith and Senate Finance Chair Ron Wyden. Wednesday's night's vote is being hailed as a rare example of cooperation in a deeply divided Congress. But is the bill good for the economy and good politics? Is it good for the economy? Is it good politics? <laughs> you know, bipartisanship is always there when it comes to giving away more free money. It's all about politics on both sides. This is an election year. It's 2024. Both sides are vying for more votes. And the only ones who lose in all this is we the people. I, I, I'm telling you, folks, this is uh, all these politicians really got to go. But we know the chances of that, zero pretty much. We just need to look at one issue at a time. And right now, what's really pressing is we need to get back to control of the White House, control of the Senate, and maintain control of the House. If we can do that, hopefully we can retain some freedoms uh, for at least another generation or two. Otherwise, America's in trouble. Speaking of trouble, <laughs> Trump's facing a barrage of trouble. And yet, every interview that I've looked at, he, he's not focused on his own problems. He's focused on America. <laughs> I mean, to me, this is a heck of a guy. It really is. I mean, having all that money available to you and being in your 70s, uh, near 80, I mean, I, I would be wanting to do anything but get myself and my family involved in more problems. But what Trump is going to do this time around if he were to get back in the White House? Let me tell you something. Uh, that first term was nothing more than a preparation term. This time he's going to be a dynamo. I, I mean, in his next, in his next term, <laughs> I, I, he's going to be unstoppable. You've spoken about the weaponization of law enforcement agencies, two-tiered system of justice. We watch it. Yeah. Uh, who do you want to see in those roles, the AG, the FBI? I want tough people, much tougher than Bill Barr. When they said to Bill Barr that we're going to impeach you for no reason, he went, he, he got scared. You know what they do? They, it's called playing the ref. Once they said to him, we're going to impeach you, he became like a wallflower. He was, he was sort of finished mentally. And I got him out. I said, even though it was late, I got him out. <laughs> he became like a wallflower. <laughs> you know, he said, I want, I want tough people, not like Bill Barr. You know, I always thought personally, Bill Barr was a crybaby. I, I just did. And, um, 
<laughs> Trump said he turned into a wallflower because he, he was like a deer in the headlights. He was stunned that the media turned on, on him. Uh, the political machine turned on Barr. And uh, he was not, nor is he, a real patriot, Bill Barr. He's not. He's selfish, self-centered. And in this next clip, we'll see and hear a different side of Donald Trump. Senate leadership is against you. Mitch McConnell, he's massively anti-Trump. How are you going to work uh, with him? I think Mitch McConnell wants to endorse me. That's what I hear. Really? Uh, John Cornyn just endorsed me. I don't know if you know that or not, but John Cornyn just endorsed me. See, instead of going after the turtle, okay, he instead, he, he knows, see, Trump knows now. He needs McConnell, okay? That old guy who barely knows where he is, and not Biden, no, McConnell. <laughs> we got a few of them in there. Um, Trump has learned to temper himself. Uh, McConnell is a powerful guy with a lot of people in his corner. And Trump knows if he wants their endorsement, he needs to play the game. Said if you're gonna play the game, boy, you gotta learn to play it right. You got to know when to hold up, know when to fold up, know when to walk away, and know when to run. You like that, don't you? <laughs> Trump has learned to play the game. And this time around, every day is going to be fun to watch what the left and their response is going to be to Trump. Every single day is going to be a joy. I believe it. The news media are going to be pulling their hair out. The Republican Party right now is actually going through a transformation. And this is what we need. Trump actually says it in his own words. Let's listen. We've changed the Republican Party. The Republican Party under Trump has become a tremendous success. Under Trump, the Republican Party has become a tremendous success. Well, maybe a little bit of an exaggeration on Donald Trump's side, but so many Republicans have been coming up out of the woodwork lately. Uh, they've got some moxie. They've got some guts. Some are beginning to call out things that are wrong and to speak out and expose the darkness. To me, that's exciting. This next clip shows Trump's confidence. Now, um, if anything, this one thing, I think, could change the minds of even the worst Trump hater. If you're unsure about him yourself, if you're unsure about his ability to win, listen to this clip. Here it is. You'll be able to flip blue states like a New York and a New Jersey. There's a I rumor you're so. going to do a rally in the South Bronx. I think so, yeah. I think I will do that. And then I think when are you going to do that? I think I'll do one maybe at Madison Square Garden, too. I think we have a chance. New York has changed a lot in the last two years. We have migrants all over the street. They're living on Madison Avenue. I mean, they, it's, nobody can believe what's happened to New York. The people of New York are angry. People that would have never voted for me because I'm a Republican. I mean, they're Democrats. Their parents would they vote for Democrats. I think they're going to vote for me. So I think we're going to give New York a heavy shot. They're very unhappy in New York, what's happening. And they're unhappy with the crime. You take a look at the crime in New York, it's at record levels. The other thing is, and, and very importantly, New Jersey. I think New Jersey can be flipped. I think that Virginia can be flipped. I think that New Mexico can be flipped. And I think Minnesota can be flipped. And I'm not even sure that everything can't be flipped. I'm not even sure everything can't be flipped. I mean, the guy's confidence level is through the roof. I love it. Um, Madison Square Garden. If Trump holds a rally at Madison Square Garden, I, th I think I got to go. I think I got to be there. 
I mean, that has that that's going to be the most exciting because there's going to be like protesters outside. All the wackos and crazies is going to be out there. Um, I, I got to be there for that one. Um, this guy facing 91 felony counts, countless millions of dollars in civil suits uh, against him. I mean, the last one, they're saying that, you know, they want him to pay $83 million to a woman who in 1983 was uglier than a tree stump. But supposedly he dragged her into a, 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 a changing room. But what they... They didn't know and wouldn't allow Trump's lawyers to even put on is the changing rooms back then and even still today in that store are um, watched over by employees and you have to have a key to get in and get out. So this was nothing but a prefabrication. So this woman's going to win $82 million. She'll never see it because he's going to appeal it. You could bet on it. But this guy is strong. Listen to him explain in his own words. You've got 91 counts, felony counts against you. You've got four indictments. You could be in trial this year and you could get convicted. You know, Do you think about that? No, because it's all about courage. You have to have courage for the country. I would have, if I didn't run or if I was in fifth place, I wouldn't have any indictments. I wouldn't have any problem. They went after me from before I even announced because they said we have to do it it's all. These aren't indictments. These are Biden indictments. How are you going to get through Washington, D.C.? I just get through things, whatever it is. I'm doing this for the country. I didn't need this. I could have had the greatest life. Look at this. I could have had a nice time instead of doing a nice, fair, but tough interview with you. I could have had a very nice time in my life. I could have enjoyed it. But I enjoy it anyway because we're going to make America great again. This country is failing. This nation is failing. And it's incompetent people like Biden. Who wants open borders? Who wants high interest rates? Who wants bad education? Who wants all of this stuff? Who wants a woke military? Our country's going to hell. And it's an honor for me. I, I really say, anytime I get indicted, it's an honor. Anytime I get in indicted, it's an honor. Hey, he really believes it. I know he does. I, I got like tears of joy listening to him. <laughs> I I'm sorry liberals, but I do not believe that you can possibly see through the truth of this man because you are blinded to the truth. You are completely blind because anyone with a, an open mind at all, an open heart at all, would listen to the way this guy is talking and you begin to realize he either is deranged and completely insane, or he believes what he's saying. And believe me, he believes it. You could see it, and you could hear it in his voice. He means everything that he's saying. It, it, it makes no sense otherwise for anyone to put up with such abuse, such tyranny against him and his own family, and just keep plowing ahead. You know, I do, I do have one more clip for us. Okay, we have to go here. Watch this one. I did something in Alaska that nobody could believe. I got rights to drill in Alaska on the largest oil, possibly the size of Saudi Arabia. And the first thing they did is they voided that. They knock out their oil leases. And now they're letting some things happen because if oil goes up, then he's finished. But they have been so bad and so disrespectful to that industry, it's incredible. I think this, um, our country's a mess, our borders are open and insecure. You know, nine months is a long time. You have a very good chance in that period of time of having World War III. We could be facing World War III? Hmm. I don't doubt that one bit. Nine months is a long time. Nine months is a long time in politics. 
takes nine months for a child to be born. Nine months. Hmm. A whole new movement can happen, good or bad. <laughs> In closing, I thought we'd have a little levity today. So here is a trans woman, I think I got that right, complaining that she, he, I don't know, I'm not sure. Um, anyway, it's having a hard time dating. Okay, <laughs> let's watch this clip. Here it is. I understand that like to society, I guess, to like the male gaze, if you want to call it or whatever it is, I know I'm not a 10. Uh, hold on, hold on, hold on. <laughs> I get the male gaze. I know I'm not a 10. <laughs> really? Who told you that? Gee. Um, okay, roll it. We, we have to finish <laughs> I know that I'm plus size. I know that there's so many other things wrong with me, blah, 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 et cetera. The list goes on. However, I carry myself and with such grace and, and light and with politeness. And I know what I bring to the table. Like, I feel like we live in a very sensitive society right now where it's almost like, no, babe, like, chill out. I just see... A lot of men expecting women in the relation, especially when they're in committed relationships already, like they expect the women to go above and beyond and like them just almost do nothing. And I feel like it's something that I see a lot outside of social media. I also love when like there is a little bit of like a a little bit of a gender role in a relationship. I don't I don't I'm not a big fan of toxic masculinity or like whatever, like the the norms, I guess, but I like when there's just like a little bit of that, like I'm the man and I'm going to take charge, you know, like, cause like, why not? You know, I feel like a lot of boys need to start being boys though. Like when it comes to like the male roles, because a lot of like men nowadays are expecting princess treatment and it's like, okay, well, I want that energy just as much as, but just as bad as you do. For example, like, let's say I get a flat tire on the side of the road and we're together. You better know how to change that tire. Like, you better know how to do these things. Because if I have to call my dad, just like I said, no, no. Sorry. Sorry, babe. Don't rush into anything. Enjoy your time being single because I feel like that's when you learn the most about yourself. Yeah, very much that. Because you always want to see what kind of person you are alone to see the way you're capable of once you are in a relationship. Oh, man. I'll tell you what you bring to the table. I can't imagine you getting turned down on a date. I mean, I just, I'm having trouble, you know, believing that. I mean, why aren't, why aren't men manning up around you? God help us. Why don't you subscribe? If you haven't subscribed already to Exposed, I appreciate you. My name is Mike Kahlo for Exposed, the Kalo podcast. God bless you and God bless America.